You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Thanks, babe. As we were worshiping this morning, I had a real strong sense that there's somebody here today. Um, as we're singing some of the truth in these lyrics, um, you really struggled because of shame you felt about yourself and about maybe some things you've done. Um, God loves you enough that he told me to tell you that he still loves you, that whatever it is you're carrying, you don't have to carry that anymore. Just confess it to God. Get someone to pray with you. Get someone to stand with you. That, uh, that shame deserves to be in the grave because that's where it should be. So if that's you, receive that as, a, as, a, as an encouragement. Find someone to pray f- with you. Uh, maybe come up at the end and uh, say, hey, that was me. And uh, someone would love to just pray and uh, help you find release from that shame, that you'll find his grace and his mercy. Uh, he loves you so much. Uh, so if that's for you, please receive that word this morning. Uh, how many people managed to get out to open heaven on Wednesday night? Cool. What an amazing night. Um, it's kind of hard to get a tally, but we, we think conservatively there was about 800 people out there. Um, on an amazing night, uh, the church coming together, banners, denominations all laid down, and it was just all about Jesus, and it was just such an amazing time. Um, and I want to share that uh, you know there's some amazing things that have happened, and God has done some great things, um, even as we prayed that there would be an open heaven over our city. So uh, just so exciting uh, to be here and be able to preach a message at the start of a new series, Prayers That Move Heaven. You know, last week I talked about uh, the fact that God doesn't have to explain himself to us, that the reality is there are things that happen in our lives, there are things that happen that God allows to happen in our lives that we are not happy with and we, we, we would like to think that it wouldn't happen to us, but they do. And God doesn't have to explain himself, and yet God is so generous and so compassionate and he loves us so much. There is also evidence in the Bible that, that God, God loves us so much that he also includes us in the journey, that, which means that when we do pray, our prayers actually do have a powerful effect. I love James 5.16. It says, therefore, confess your sins to each other. So there's an act of confession as we confess our sins to each other. When we say, this is the stuff going on in my life, I'm going to confess it to you. And when someone prays for you, the Bible says, pray for each other so that you may be healed. If there's healing required in your body, whether it be physical or relational, get someone to pray for you. Confess your sins. Allow God to bring healing to you. It says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. The righteous uh, status is not righteous because I'm a good person. It's righteous made right by God through Jesus. So because of what Jesus did, his act on the cross, his forgiveness of my sins, me accepting that and living in that understanding of that knowledge, that's why I can live a righteous life. Not through my own works and my own good deeds, but because of Jesus. But we can catch God's attention when as righteous people made righteous in God's eyes. We pray and we petition heaven. And we're going to look at a couple of prayers over the next four weeks that, that moved heaven to act. This morning I want to share uh, from a a reluctant leader. Um, Personally, I'm a a reluctant leader. 
I would have been happy if God chose someone else, but I, I just kind of kept saying yes over the years, and I'm trying to keep saying yes uh, as the years continue. But Moses, he was a bit of a reluctant leader. God says, I want to use you, and he says, no, choose someone else, please. Maybe today you are a reluctant leader. Maybe you are a reluctant boss or even an employee or whatever it is, and, and, and you're just wondering whether you've got what it takes. But I want to read from Exodus chapter 33 because we're going to look at Moses at the burning bush where he hears from God for the first time. And then we're also going to look at Moses as he had the opportunity to take the people into the promised land. Sadly, he didn't. His, his trust in God didn't go the, the full distance, which means someone else had to lead the people in. But there was a moment at the edge of the promised land where there was something in Moses that had clicked, something that had shifted from where he was at the burning bush to where he was at that point of potentially stepping into the promised land. Verse 12 of chapter 33, one day Moses says to the Lord, you have been telling me, take these people up to the promised land, but you haven't told me whom you will send with me. You have told me, I know you by name and I look favorably on you. If it is true that you look favorably on me, let me know your ways so I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. And remember that this nation is your very own people. I like that disclaimer that, Moses puts in there. Just a reminder, it's, it's your fault, not mine. You know, it's, it's your people, not mine. The Lord replied, I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest. That's a word for someone. God, God's saying, I'm going to go with you, and I'm going to give you rest in the journey. Everything will be fine for you. Then Moses said, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. How will anyone know that you look favorably on me, on me and your people, if you don't go with us? For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on the earth. The Lord replied to Moses, I will indeed do what you have asked, for I look favorably on you and I know you by name. Moses responded, then show me your glorious presence. What an amazing, amazing response from Moses to God's declaration over his life. Would you pray with me this morning? Heavenly Father, we come humbly before you. We say we need you. We need you more today than we did yesterday. As our understanding and knowledge of you increases, we recognize that, God, it's you doing a work in us. And, Lord, would we surrender and submit our lives to you and your work within us. God, I pray our, our hearts and our heads would be listening today. Lord, for the things that need to shift, Lord, if we've got, if we've got stinking thinking, Lord, change that today. Lord, shift wrong attitudes or wrong understanding of who you are and what you would want to do in our lives. Lord, we want to surrender again to you, all that you would have for us. Lord, our hope and our trust will be placed in you once more. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask a question that I'm confident I'll get about a 100% response. You won't put your hand up because no one ever does, but that's fine. Um, but has anyone ever felt out of their depth and incapable? Okay, yeah, and for the rest of you that didn't raise your hand, I, I get it, I, I know that. Maybe you're a new parent trying to navigate a young one. I love it. I, I just Bring your crying babies into church. We love it, seriously. Don't, don't, don't ever be ashamed of that. They are being raised in the house of God. We don't mind, do we? We love hearing children in church. Please never be ashamed of that. That's for someone too today. <laughs> 
Maybe, maybe it's the struggle to have children and you're surrounded by people who are celebrating this wonderful news and it's hard for you. Maybe it's the new job that you find yourself in and knowledge and understanding that, that you just don't have. And you're terrified of the conversations that will come and feeling like you're, you don't have what it takes to lead in your role. What about those that have moved country, learning new language, making new friendships, finding new roles and responsibilities, and you feel like you're out of your depth? Maybe, maybe God's speaking to you about leading, whether it be a, a small group or, or, or leading in a ministry, and you're feeling like you don't have what it takes, you're probably in good company. In fact, that feels like the majority of my life, to be perfectly honest. I remember as a 21-year-old, I'd just finished my diploma of sport and leisure. Um, I was the coaching director or, or coaching development for Sport Northland. Um, what it simply meant is I had a role, but I didn't really have a whole lot of experience. I had a diploma, which counted for very little, especially when I stood for the very first time a month into my new job in front of 30 coaches who were about to listen to me for two solid days, two eight-hour days of instruction on how to be a coach. And the people sitting, I would, I would have easily been the youngest by 20 years. There was probably three or four hundred years of experience of coaching, of rugby and league and netball and hockey. And I was standing up there as a 21-year-old footballer trying to teach these people about coaching. And the reality was they were there, not necessarily because they wanted to be there, but because if they didn't attend the co coaching course, Sport Northland wouldn't give them funding. That's the reality. I mean, that's, that's the reality of the situation. And I'm standing there going, what am I doing here? If I thought I was out of my depth then, 10 years later, I get the phone call to say that the previous pastor that we were serving under had gone into hospital on the Friday, passed away on the Saturday, and I was now the pastor of a church who didn't have a pastor. I was, I was going to have to walk into church and greet people who hadn't heard the news yet that the pastor that they loved had passed away. And now here, here, here was I. Who am I? I wept for three hours as I traveled back from taking a wedding going, I don't have what it takes, God. And maybe you found yourself in a similar situation where you felt completely out of your depth. You felt like you weren't able to do what, what was ahead of you. Can I say, awesome. That's great. It means that there is a potential there for you to stretch and grow and become something that God wants you to become. But it could also be a painful time if we refuse God's help in the process. See, the, the reality is when we're faced with these overwhelming situations, there's normally two responses. The first one is, as a 21-year-old, I've got this. I've got what it takes. I'm awesome. And I hear the, the giggles and the laughter of all those that have made mistakes over decades going, yeah, hmm, I, I get that. <laughs> and then we've also got the other response where it says, I can't do this. I'm not capable. I'm not able, and I will run as fast as I can away from the situation. Can I suggest a third response? One that says, I can't do this. I'm not capable. I don't have what it takes. But God, I'm so thankful that you have called me into this. So therefore, if it's your will, I'm going to put my trust and hope in you. Could we find ourselves in 2021 putting our hope and trust in God even when we don't feel like we're capable?
That is our prayer for you today. I believe in this passage, Moses asks an important question when he says, how will anyone know that you look favorably on me, on me and on your people, if you don't go with us? For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on the earth. See, we live in a world that's all about self-improvement, making myself better. You know, if I can be better, everything will be better, right? You know, attend this course and become a better person, become a better leader, and it's all about me. It's all about improving me, strengthening me, strengthening this sinful man with flaws and failures. And if I can just get me better, then everything's going to be better. We miss a very, very important ingredient and the foundation of our faith, which is trust and hope in God. I'm only 43 trips around the sun. Still young, I guess. Interestingly enough, the longer I go on the journey, the less impressed I am of myself, the less confident I am in my own ability, the less important um, the praise and adoration of people matters to me. I find myself just hoping I can slip into the background a little more, but saying, okay, if, if I have to, if I have to be here and if I have to lead, then God, I know you're working through me. I know I'm going to put my hope and my trust in you today. And I was nervous this morning. I don't know why I was nervous. Maybe because I realized I couldn't do it. I get terrified every time I get up and speak. But then when I step up, I sense his presence. I sense that I'm walking into what he's asking me to do. And I go, all right, let's, let's do this. <laughs> my hope and trust in him. As we were... So I was driving out to the beach um, to meet with a friend at the start of the year. God put three words just so clearly. Mike, faithful, not famous. Faithful, not famous. Faithful to me, faithful to God, faithful to my wife, faithful to my family, faithful to my community, my whanau, faithful to the wider church here in Whangarei and Northland. Because when I'm faithful... And I get those words at the end of my life, well done, good and faithful servant. Then I've lived my life to the full and I've given everything and I've spent everything in me. And guess who gets the glory? Jesus. Jesus gets famous when we live our lives faithfully before him. That is our goal. That is our purpose. So today as we prepare to receive prayer, we're going to anoint everybody at the close of the service. If you want prayer, we, would, we want to pray for everybody, for every man, woman, and child in this place. We would love to pray for you and agree with what God is already probably speaking to you about. Very interesting, as I prayed for people this morning and I just had some, some, some words that I felt to just share with them, they said, that's exactly what God's been speaking to me about. I'm like, great. Prophecy should confirm what is already within us. It should, should be kind of waken something or agree with something that God is already speaking to us about. So I pray as you come and you receive prayer that God would confirm what he's already speaking to you about, that it would be a kind of a little bit of courage and an agreement and encouragement with what God wants you to do. So three thoughts as Moses moved from maturity from the burning bush to the point where he could have led the people into the promised land. The first thought I want to I share is that I can't, but God, you can. I can't, 
but God, you can. The first time we see God appear to Moses is when he's in the wilderness hiding from his calling. Preparing, I don't know. I don't think he was really looking for the opportunity to go back to his people. And God appears to him in a burning bush. That would get my attention. I don't know about you. A burning bush that's, that's burning, but it's not being consumed. It's like, wow. God speaks to Moses. He takes his sandals off. God says, this is holy ground. And he, he has this encounter with God. Exodus 3.11. God's told Moses, hey, I'm going to use you to go in and, and, and take my, get my people out of Egypt. But Moses protested to God, verse 11, who am I? To appear before Pharaoh. Come on, who's asked that question before? God, who am I to do what you've asked me to do? Who am I to lead the people out of of, of Israel out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you. And this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. But Moses protested. If I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. What a promise from God. Not I was or I will be, but I am. Beginning and end, the first and the last. God has always existed and will always. Before we were even thought of, He was there. He is. It's a a concept that's hard for our human brain to to grab a hold of, because we like to see things in, in a finite way, but he is an infinite God. I am. What's your lack? Just begin with the statement, I am. And you begin to understand that whatever you are lacking, God is, and he will be, and there will be no lack if we put him at the first, at the start of every sentence. Come on. If we put him at the start of every sentence, of every lack that we might have, God, you are and you will be. That should have been enough, right? Moses should have gone, sounds great, God. I'm excited, a little bit nervous, but I trust you. But that wasn't Moses' response. Moses said no, and then he said no again. God even gives him some pretty impressive party tricks. When he says, take the rod that's in your hand, lay it on the ground, puts it on the ground, turns into a snake. Imagine taking that to a party. Hey, guys, check this out. Let me show you how amazing my God is, yeah? And then he says, pick up the snake. I'm like, you pick up the snake. (laughs) Picks up the snake, becomes a rod. But no, no, no. Moses says, no, not impressive enough. So he says, all right, take your hand, put it in your cloak. Out it comes with leprosy. It's like, oh, what? Put it back in your cloak. It's gone. It's like, poof, it's like a disappearing card trick. It's like, whoo, whoo, whoo. but no, not enough. Moses did not. He says, no, I can't. I can't. And then a fourth time, on the third time, God says, I'm going to put your, my words in your mouth. He says, I can't speak. I stutter. I get my words all wrong. I can't quite get it right. And God promises, I'll put my words in your mouth. This is Moses' response a fourth time. But Moses again pleaded, Lord, please. And I love this. Send anyone else. Like, like anyone. I mean, anyone. That guy. That sheep. I mean, anyone, anything. Just anyone except me. And maybe we've found ourselves in that place with God where we've said that to him. God, anyone but me. Then the Lord became angry with Moses. It's so sad, this part. 
Because he just said, I'll put my words in your mouth. I will put my words in your mouth. You will speak for me. He says, not send anyone else. The Lord became angry with Moses. All right, he said, what about your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know he speaks well. And look, he's on his way to meet you now. He will be delighted to see you. Aaron was part of God's plan. He always was. But imagine, imagine if Moses had said, okay, God, I'm terrified, but I can't, but you can. Imagine what that would have been. And it's easy for us to look at Moses and go, what a fool, he messed it up. But that's me. That's my response to God on too many times. Where God said, I want you to go and speak to that person. I'm like, I can't, I don't know what to say. A little nudge, that little prompt, that little moment where you just know that you're supposed to get a little bit of courage and go and step and say that thing and, or, or go and do that act of generosity or kindness and you know, stop to help that person on the side of the road. And, you, and you know, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I should. Is it really God? Are you, anyone kind of experienced that before? We, and we missed the moment and the opportunity, but, but it, it was there and God presented it to us. Where's Moses' problem? It's the language that says, I can't. Who am I? I, I, I can't lead people out of Egypt. I, I, I can't speak to Pharaoh. I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't. I believe we, we can grow in our spiritual maturity. We can move from where Moses was to a place where we, we still believe that we can't, but God can. That's what God wants to show us today. I can't, but God can. See the difference between Moses who didn't want to stand before Pharaoh and the Moses that required assurance going into the promised land was that in the end, Moses said, okay, if that's what you're promising, show me your glorious presence. I'm going to trust you and I'm going to walk as you're asking me to walk. See, we've got to make sure that we don't derail God's plans with our tongue. The words we speak hold incredible power. Proverbs 18, 21, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. My question is, what tree are you speaking from? Is it death or is it life? When you speak, what do people receive from you? Is it life or is it death? Do your words build up? Do your words encourage? Do they, do they speak life or, or do they tear people down? Is there envy and jealousy and pride in our words? What will we eat from? Which, which tree will we eat from, life or death? And the words we speak matter so much. Let's not kill the plans and purposes of God over our life with the words that we would speak. Having less confidence in our ability, that's okay. In fact, that's very healthy. When we realize we don't have it all together, but God does. That's where His grace, His enabling power works within our, our, our circumstance. I can't, but God can. The second thing we see in Moses' growth and maturity is to choose God's ways, not the world's ways. Choose God's ways, not the world's ways. He says, if it is true that you look favorably on me, let me know your ways so I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. When Moses stood before God the first time, uh, Moses four times told God it wasn't going to work and he gave him all his reasons why. But the last time we see Moses, there's a different response. He says, show me your ways. Show me the parts I don't understand. We like to have it all sorted out and all worked out. And 
quite often God won't give us all the parts, but if we would say, God, show me your ways, and then we listen, and we learn, and when he speaks, we, we adjust our, our footsteps if we're stepping in the wrong direction. He says, no, walk left, walk right, walk this line. He will lead us and guide us if we would trust him. But now no longer was he comparing himself and his status towards the outcome. He actually now realized that the outcome was in God's hand. He says, now show me your glorious presence so that I know that you're going to go with me. Have assurance of his presence. Friends, to know God's ways is to know his word. This world has gone crazy with information. You feel it? You feel the pressure to consume? Just information. It's like everyone's got an opinion on, on everything. And I want to point you to a, a page at a blog at a, at a, you know, at a news site. And, and, and there's so much information out there. Some of it's good. Some of it's not. What do we believe? Well, I would say let's make our first meal of the day, not social media or a news site. Let's, let's consume our daily bread. Let's open the Word of God and begin to let God's Word show us His ways. Because if we are in His Word, He will direct our paths. Your Word is like a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path, which means that I don't know which way to walk. And then I open your Word and boom, there's my next step. And then I wake up the next day and God, what do I need to do? Boom, there it is again, one step. All we need is the next step, right? Isn't that all we need, just the next step that God would give us? Sometimes He gives us a bigger plan. And sometimes he says, just today I want you to do this. Just walk faithfully into this. If we want to know his ways, we've got to know his word. Because when we speak the word into situations that are beyond us, God's word has a way of overcoming the impossible. Psalm 86, 11, teach me your ways, O Lord, that I may live according to your truth. Grant me purity of heart so that I may honor you. Who may have seen the hill of the Lord, those with clean hands and a pure heart? Come on, let's live as people who, who know his word. Because we know his word, we know his ways. Moses trusted the Lord's ways and decided to know him more. That's why he says, then show me your glorious presence so I would know your ways. And then the third thing is a team come this morning and so we prepare to, to pray for and be prayed for. Third thought is all I need is found in God's presence. All I need is found in God's presence. Whatever your lack is, God's presence is the answer. So when God manifests His presence, when He visits us, when He comes to our place of weakness, God doesn't, there's nothing half pie about God. You understand? When God comes, He comes in the fullness of His presence. When we understand the nature and the character of God, we, we understand that if his presence is here, then his healing is here in full measure. If his presence is here, his salvation is here. If his presence is here, his, his love, which casts out all fear, is here. So if we desire anything in this world, it would be his presence. Because for every lack I have in His presence, it's fulfilled. 
I really believe that, that God is desiring closeness with people this year. Yeah. Just beautiful, quiet, intentional time in His Word. Just reading His Word and saying, God, show me your ways. Sh- show me your truth. Lead me in the path everlasting. Exodus 33, 17, 18. The Lord replied to Moses, I will indeed do what you have asked, for I look favorably on you, and I know you by name. Moses responded, then show me your glorious presence. Leave that someone's prayer today. God, show me your presence. Somebody has never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, and God wants to do that for you today. You know of God, but you don't know Him. God wants to fill you with His presence. You're going to have a a physical encounter with the living God today. Somebody here today is going to have a physical encounter with the living God today. You're going to go away from today going, wow, God, you are real. Not just knowledge, but you are God, a living God living in me. In the book of Exodus, we see that Moses had developed a pattern of meeting with God, even in the early chapter. Go back and read. We don't have time today, but go back at the start of Exodus chapter 33. And Moses would pitch this tent of meeting, a place where he would meet with God. And he would go in there and the presence of God would come and settle on him. And he'd go and having spent time with God, he would go and administer justice and, and, you know, and, and, and lead the people. And the Bible says his young aide Joshua would linger in the tent. Joshua's like, you go, Moses, I'll lock up. <laughs> He's like, you go. And, and he, he just loved God's presence. Who did God use to lead the people into the promised land? It wasn't Moses. So sad for Moses. But God had a plan for Joshua as well. And Joshua was chosen because he loved God's presence. Come on, we want to be a people that are known for God's presence. There's something about that person. I, I met a man on, um, on Friday to Hurianga. For anyone who has met that man, the presence of Jesus on his life. I hope one day you'll hear his story and let him explain the gospel as it was passed down from generation to generation from Ohibe where the gospel was proclaimed to our nation. But as he spoke, it was like I was sitting in the presence of Jesus. The presence of Jesus on his life was so impacting. I got down to the shores and I just wept. and wept and wept and wept and wept and wept. <laughs> it's like, Jesus, you are here for every lack. God's presence is all you need. I've kind of skipped my notes, but that's okay. I really believe, I really believe we, we've just got to pursue His presence and bring our lack, bring our failure, bring the struggles, bring all the stuff that we, we're not sure on and we just bring it to the feet of Jesus. Let His presence be all we need. Your friends today, I want to tell you that if if your relationship isn't right with God, 
if you're saying, well, I, I don't even have relationship with God. The Bible talks about the process of salvation where there's an exchange where my sin, my selfishness, my pride, all of that is exchanged for forgiveness and healing at the cross and through the cross of Jesus. Jesus, God's own son, faced a brutal death so that our lives would be saved. Today, God offers that salvation to you. If you do three things, the first is if you would confess your sins to God. Ask God to forgive you for your sins, the things that have wronged Him, the things that have kept you out of relationship with Him, whether it be telling a lie, stealing a dollar from mum's purse. <laughs> All sin is sin. Sin is despicable and it's in the sight of a holy God, but God made a way through Jesus if we would confess our sin. He says if, if we believe that God raised Jesus to life. Jesus died, but he didn't stay dead. This is the power of the gospel, the good news. Jesus was raised to life, and at that, the power of sin and death was broken forever, for all of eternity, for those that would believe that. So if you believe that Jesus was raised to, to life, and if you would confess today that you will make Jesus Lord of your life, that he is Lord, he is first, Bible says you'll receive a gift called salvation. Unmerited favor and grace given to you through a loving God who desires relationship with you. I want to pray a prayer and I'd invite you to pray this prayer and join with me. Whether you've been away from God and God is drawing you home or whether you, for the very first time, are coming to this knowledge of who God is and how much He loves you. Doesn't matter where you've been, doesn't matter what you've done, God loves you. He would love you to respond today in faith. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love for me. Thank you that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. Thank you for your grace that I don't deserve and yet you give to me. I turn from my sin and I ask you to forgive me, God. I believe that you were raised from death to life, that you are alive today. I ask you to be Lord of my life, to be first in every decision I make, to lead and guide me in your ways. In salvation, I receive your gift today. In Jesus' name, with every head bowed, every eye closed, right across this place. I'm going to count the three. And would you raise your hand and say, I prayed that prayer. Someone's going to spot your hand and connect with you, have a conversation with you after, help you take your next step with Him. Come on, one moment to be brave right in this moment. One, God loves you. Two, He's forgiven your sin through your prayer of faith. Three, right across this place, why don't you lift it? Lift your hand and say, yes, I prayed that prayer. In response to Jesus this morning. Anyone here this morning? Thank you, Lord. You know, if you prayed that prayer, but you didn't raise your hand, talk with the person you came with or fill in a connect card. God loves you. He's forgiven your sin. Praise God. Come on, why don't you stand to your feet, church? We're going to take a moment now to invite people to come, receive prayer, anointing. 
It's nothing that we carry. It's just simply a transferring of God's power and His blessing and His anointing on your life. If you have children, in a moment, our children are all waiting out in the foyer and they're, they're ready to be received from, from our, um, our, if you can go and collect your under fives from their programs, but our primary and intermediate children will be there waiting for you. Please come as families. But let me pray one prayer. If I don't get a chance to pray for you, may you make this decision today that you'll pursue His presence this week. At whatever cost, what do you have to get rid of? What do you need to get rid of in your life in order to pursue His presence this week? Make that sacrifice and you watch what God will do in your week. Father, thank You. Thank You, God, for Your presence, that You promise Your presence that even though we can't, You can and You will. God, I pray that we would begin to learn your ways and know your ways and walk in your ways. Thank you for this anointing, Lord, this promise of your Holy Spirit that we are carriers of your presence wherever we go. God, bless every person. Lord, for those that are feeling and carrying the shame of their past, Lord, may they release that to you today, find new hope and freedom in you. And Lord, may we discover and walk in your purpose for our lives in 2021. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.